0: It is a blessing to be with you today and to study a portion of God's Word with you. I've appreciated the song service so far, and I, my prayer is that this section of our worship service will be beneficial to each and every one of you, as a study has been for me. I wanted to talk on something that, you know, I wanted to apply to my own life. Something that I know that is a weakness of mine, and that I wanted to, to study and apply to my own life. And that is the idea of commitment. And I hope that something that we studied this morning will be beneficial to you in your daily Christian walk as well. And we're gonna ask the question that's on the screen this morning, are you a chicken or a pig? And some of you all had a, a sneak peek at, at my PowerPoint this morning and, and already knew where I was going with this, with this idea. Now, I love breakfast. It is one of my favorite meals of the day. Definitely in my top three. And when I eat breakfast, (laughs) I want some eggs, some bacon, some sausage, maybe some hash browns and pancakes. I'm feeling extra hungry that morning. But I definitely want some eggs and and bacon or sausage. Now, there's there's several different components that were contributed to this meal by the different animals. the chicken provided the eggs. The chicken gave the eggs, but the pig was committed. The pig gave its life for this meal. You see, and that's, that's the question that we need to answer for ourselves today. Are we the chicken or are we the pig? Are we content just giving what is convenient? Just giving what we can afford to lose? Just giving our leftovers? Or are we committed to giving our whole life? to God. So the Bible speaks a little bit about commitment. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 13 that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a man comes upon it, he sells everything that he has and puts it towards buying that land so he can achieve that treasure. says the kingdom of heaven is also like a pearl of great price, when a collector comes and finds that that pearl he goes and sells everything that he has and puts it toward buying that one pearl because that was a goal that's what they were committed to achieving that that goal of getting that treasure or getting that pearl of great price and that's what the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be like for us that we are willing to give everything that we have and put our entire being into achieving that goal of entering the kingdom of heaven. Not just being the chicken that, that gives what's convenient, you know, just uh, just phoning it in, just checking the box of our Christianity, but being the type of Christian that gives our all in pursuit of that cause, that gives our all into the pursuit of getting into the kingdom of heaven. We find in Joshua he he asks this question of commitment to the children of Israel. In Joshua chapter 24, says, "Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And if it is evil for you, or is if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this, choose this day whom you will serve." Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now that's a very powerful declaration that Joshua is giving here—that him and his house are going to serve the Lord. Now we offered a couple uh, of different alternatives there to the the children of Israel. Are they going to serve the gods? back in egypt when they were when they were slaves when they were under rule by the egyptians are they going to serve those gods are they going to serve the gods of the people uh in the land around them and the the society around them are they going to look to to those idols for their salvation or are they going to serve the god that brought them out of slavery across that river and into the promised land who are they going to serve Who are you going to serve today? For us, I compare the the gods of Egypt for the Israelites. For us today, that is the, the sin and slavery of our old lives. Now, the children of Israel, they were saved from slavery. They were delivered from that punishment when they crossed through the Red Sea, when it was parted on both sides, and Moses led them on dry ground across the river. Likewise... When we submit to baptism, we are crossing that river and leaving our sinful lives behind us. But are we truly committed to that path? Have we really said that we're committed to God? Or do we still turn back and look longingly after that, that life of slavery? And for us, that life of sin that we lived before we crossed the river. In Romans 6, verse 1-4, through 4, it says, To being christians if we're really committed to the god that brought us out of of slavery then we're not just going to live the same type of life that we lived before we're called to walk in a newness of life when we're baptized when we're baptized when we cross that river of baptism then we are to put on a new life to live a new way and not keep looking back to the the bondage and the, the yoke of sin and slavery that we left in our old lives. In Galatians chapter 5, in the first verse, it says, for freedom, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. If we were once slaves, and we knew that, that burden, that yoke of slavery, when we pass over the river, why do we miss that? Why do we look back longingly to, to the bonds of, of sin and slavery that, that held us down. Christ died so that we could be free from that bondage, so that we didn't have to, have to carry the, the weight of our own sin on our shoulders. We get to walk a newness of life free from that yoke, free from that burden. And so if we're committed to God, we're not going to look back. We're not going to look back across the river. We don't want to live that life of slavery anymore. We don't want to worship those gods those idols of our past. If we're truly committed to God, then we're going to live a new life. Uh, Once again, picking up in Romans chapter 6, but a little bit later in verses uh, 16 through 18 says, "...do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness." But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. The freedom that we are given when we cross the river of baptism is, is a new kind of bondage. We're supposed to be slaves to righteousness. We need to be so committed to God that our actions can't help but, but demonstrate that commitment that we are living an entirely new life that we are committed to to the freedom that, that he has granted us so i'm going to ask you again this morning who are you committed to are you committed to god or are you still living the life of bondage that, that tethered to, to to your past of slavery now the next option that that the children of israel were given by joshua Is that of the gods in the land that they dwelled and for us Christians today we may not be bombarded by you know sculptures or, or physical idols that people bow down and worship but I think the way that it applies to us today is that we still live in a sinful land and there's still idols and gods around us in the in the society around us today and so I want to to kind of go through this exercise with me. And if you think of your house, I want you to picture your house where you live, and think of it as a temple. And we're going to walk through some of those rooms in your house. And I want you to think about what altars and what idols might be in those rooms and how the sinful, secular world around us maybe has influenced the way that we live our lives and how we act In our homes so we'll start in the living room do you bow at the altar of the television and worship the gods of of entertainment you know movies Netflix video games sports is is a big one I think are we more committed to our forms of entertainment than we are to God do we know more facts about our favorite celebrities Or do we know more about the disciples? Can we name all of the stats of our favorite football team, but we don't have a favorite verse of the Bible, or we don't have any of the Bible memorized? You know, are we so influenced by the world around us that we make these things idols and worship them as gods, rather than focusing our efforts into serving the God that brought us out of sin and slavery? Similarly, if you go to your closet, do you bow at the altar of the mirror? And do you worship the gods of of beauty and fashion or pride? You know, when I was getting ready this morning, you know, I wanted to pick kind of a nice shirt. I wanted to to look a little bit more presentable maybe than, than usual because I'm going to be standing up in front of a crowd. You know, just kind of naturally, we have that tendency that we want to look at least somewhat our best when we're going to be out in front of a lot of people but do we take that to the extreme where the way we look the clothes that we wear the 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 jewels um, the fashion whatever is it all solely about us and wanting people to see how good we look and is that taking the place of god in our lives do we worship that more than we worship god Are we more influenced by the world around us, wanting to be seen of men, or are we more spiritually minded, wanting to focus on God? Now next, I want you to go into, maybe you have a home office, or you know, however it is that you make make your living, wherever that place is, I want you to picture that place. You know, do you bow to the altar of business and worship the gods of money, power, achievement, or success? Has money and excelling in, in a career taken the place of God in your lives? Have you dedicated more of your resources, more of your time, uh, more of your energy to gaining financial wealth? Or dedicated to your family? Dedicated to learning more about God? Where are our priorities? Because if we are living our life in a way that glorifies God... Then he's going to be the god of our lives. If we're truly committed to him, that's where we need to put our efforts and our attentions, uh, and our energy is for serving him, not just towards growing our uh, our wealth, uh, making this life on this earth more comfortable for ourselves. And finally, you can just look as close as your pocket for for another idol that's been influenced uh, to us by the world around us. Do going along with self-image, do we worship the gods of of social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? Do we focus more about growing our Facebook following and, and getting likes and shares on our social media platforms? Or are we focused on gaining followers for Christ? What is our priority in this life? Have we been influenced by the world around us that puts an emphasis on these things? The world says that these are great. The world says live your best life. The world says get that bag. Get all the money you can because whoever dies with the most toys wins. The world says that you you need to have that that positive self-image, that you are so great. But that is not what we are taught in the Bible. It's not about us. It's about reflecting Christ. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, we're called to be a peculiar people. We're not supposed to be conformed to this world. We're not supposed to look just like everyone else around us. We're supposed to be different. How can we stand out from the world if we look just like the world around us? If we're worshiping the gods in the land that we dwell, are we truly committed to God? Because if we look just like our neighbor, then we're not standing out and we're not reflecting the light of Christ in our life. We're not standing out and we're not being truly different. We're we're following the idols for the land around us. So now let's look at who the children of Israel answered Joshua and said that they were going to serve. They said in verse 16 of Joshua 24, and the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord for he is... Our God. That's the kind of commitment that we need to have today. We need to make that statement that, that we recognize that God is the one that brought us out of that life uh, of being a slave to sin. He has saved us from walking that path, and so we need to put that far behind us. We need to leave behind the gods of sin and slavery in our past. We can't get distracted by the idols in the land around us. We need to be dedicated and and committed to the Lord our God who brought us out of that slavery. So for the next part of the sermon, I'm going to assume that, that you're all on board with me. That you uh, want to be committed to God. And I think the next, next part of that is if we're committed to God, are you committed to his church? Are you committed to being a member of his church, a member of his kingdom? I think a major way we do that is by living the kind of life that reflects the light of Christ in our life. Jesus talks about this in in Matthew chapter 5, that we're supposed to be, as Christians, a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. That people can see that and say, hey, there's something different about them. Going back to being a a peculiar people that's not conformed to this world. We're supposed to stand out. We're not supposed to light our candle and, and hide it under a basket, we're supposed to put it out uh, into the room so it can give light to everybody and so that everybody uh, can be helped and affected by that light. And that's, that's our duty as Christians. If we truly are committed to God and we're committed to his church, then we're going to reflect that light in our lives. And I think a big way we do that is, is at the end of this verse, so that they may see our good works. The way we stand out as Christians is by being good people, by by doing good works in our community. I was listening to uh, we caught caught the tail end of a sermon um, a couple Wednesday nights ago up in Norman, and and the preacher was was talking about good works, and he said that a great way to to practice that is by practicing on each other, and I thought that that was. That's a great point that I don't know if we think about enough. Maybe we don't know where to start when it comes to good works, or maybe we're um, afraid of, of putting ourselves out there in the world. But if we start with our brothers and sisters in Christ and work on committing good works to, to each other, then we can kind of build that muscle of, of good works so that we can then take it to the community. So start doing good works in little ways for your brothers and sisters in christ invite people over for a meal or go clean someone's house go mow a lawn put together a gift basket for someone who is in need you know little things here and there to show people that you that you care about them and then you know once you're more comfortable with with this concept of of good works and you've kind of put it into practice take that next step by going out into the community um, volunteering for a good cause, running a 5K, um, whatever you can think of to get out in the community to, to spread the light of Christ, then do it, then take those opportunities. Because we can't reflect the light of Christ in our lives if we're hiding in our house. If we just you know, go to church Sunday morning, go straight home, stay in our house all the time, and we don't engage with the people of this world, then we're not doing any good. We're hiding our light under that basket. So take it out into the world. Practice good works on each other so that you're more uh, ready, ready and equipped to do good works in the community to, sh- uh, to spread the light of Christ. Now the next part of being committed, committed to the church, I want to ask you, are you committed to a congregation? If you count yourself as a member of of Anistry Church of Christ, are you committed to this congregation? And one of the biggest ways I think that we we demonstrate commitment is by being present. In Hebrews chapter 5, we see there it tells us, "And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another," and all the more as you see the day drawing near." Now, this verse a lot of times is used specifically um, talking about uh, attendance at the worship services. And I think, I agree with that. I think that that is um, definitely an application that can be made here. But I also think that it applies more broadly to just the concept of getting together really in any way that you can. Whether that's a fellowship activity, whether it's the, you know, called together worship assemblies, uh, a weekend meeting, or um, some sort of community outreach endeavor, if it's a, a Bible study or a, a teacher training, whatever it is, whatever the, the congregation is doing, we need to be present at those events. That's one way that we demonstrate our commitment to the church is by physically being there. You know, it's it's pretty easy to to just tell people, oh, I, I don't have time. I don't have time to, uh, to be at church that day. I don't have time to, to come to the study. Is that really an accurate statement? Because I tend to believe that we make time for the things that we care about. If you want a relationship to grow and, and to be strengthened and, and to be a viable relationship, you have to spend time with that person. I don't think Jericho would be a big fan of me not spending any of my time with her. If I was going out every evening, uh, going out to a bar or spending time with, a, uh, with my buddies or backpacking through Europe or something and not spending my time with her, I don't think she would be a big fan of that and it wouldn't help our relationship because we're not spending any time together you know you make time for the things you care about if i want to watch a football game i'm probably going to watch the football game either i'll record it or i'll watch it on my phone or you know maybe i'm sick on saturday whatever the case is i'm more than likely going to watch that game if i really want to watch it. If we're dedicated and we're committed to our job, if that's our number one priority and we really wanna get that bonus or we really wanna get that raise or we really wanna get that client, then we're gonna spend the time achieving that goal. We're gonna put in the overtime. We're gonna work that extra. And that may be sacrificing time with our family or time with our friends. Whatever it is, If we're dedicated to something, if we're committed to it, if we care about it, we're going to make time for that thing. And I believe that God feels the same way, that we spend time with Him through prayer, we spend time with Him through, uh, through studying His Word, and we spend time with Him by spending time with His people. And if we're not committed to his church, if we're not committed to the congregation, then that's going to show up if you're not there. Because being present is a huge indicator of being committed. Now, that's not the whole thing. It's not enough to just be present. I think the other, the other half of that is actively participating. You know, we're told that whatever we do, that we're supposed to do it heartily as unto the Lord. So if we're just showing up and we're phoning it in, then it's like we're not there at all. If I was spending my time with Jerrica, but I never engaged in in any conversation, I just sat there like a bump on a log, then my presence really isn't doing nearly as much good as if we're actually participating in in conversation and and talking about things that's going to grow our relationship. And it's the same way in our relationship with God and with His church. That if we're just showing up and we're not participating and we're not giving our all, then we're just a chicken. We're just giving what's convenient. It might be convenient to show up, but we're not giving our all. We're not giving our best. We're not dedicating our life to the service of the church. You know, participating can come in many different ways. Maybe it's it's singing with all of your spirit during Uh, During the worship service, even if you don't like the song that that was selected, maybe it's it's being here uh, on time and ready to say, hey, I want to participate in the service. I want to help um, pass the trays or or, um, lead a song or give a prayer. It can be, like I mentioned earlier, putting together um, a gift basket for somebody that, that's going to brighten their day. There's many ways to participate, not even just in you know, the service. Like you're saying, being, um, being present is so much more than being at the services. It's also being uh, at whatever function the church has gotten together to do. So if it's a Bible study, are you at, you know, are you at the study and are you participating? Are you leading in these different events? whatever it is that you can do to participate talk to the elders or talk to the deacons i'm sure they would be happy to put you to work because it's important that we show our commitment to god that we show our commitment to his church by being active participants in his congregation so in conclusion i want to ask you that question again are you a chicken or are you a pig are you just giving what's convenient or are you giving your life to God? Are you truly committed? Are you ready to to say that you and your household will serve the Lord? Or are you still living in the, the land of slavery beyond the river? Are you committed to his church? And are you willing to exemplify that by being present and participating with this congregation. And are you committed enough to live the kind of life that reflects Christ in your life? You know, getting out there and doing the good works of the church so that they can see that and say, hey, they are different. They are peculiar people. They're not like everybody else. They stand out. Are we willing to stand out for Christ and live a life committed to his service? You know, if you've, if you've answered no to a lot of these questions, then the church is happy to, to assist you this morning. If you haven't made the commitment to be a child of God and you're still living in sin and slavery beyond the river, but you're ready to be baptized and walk that, that newness of life, or if you've made the commitment but find yourself faltering and not as, as committed as you know you need to be and would like the, the prayers and the assistance of the church, please come forward and sit on the front row as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.